0: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Training with Tucker podcast. My name is Tucker Gross. I am an endurance athlete and coach, and I started this podcast to put out short weekly episodes on a variety of different training topics to help athletes out there improve and have a deeper understanding of how to train. Today I will be taking your questions and answering them. Thanks so much to everyone who sent in questions over Instagram and Facebook. If you don't already You can follow me on both those platforms at Tucker. Before I get into answering the questions, I do want to be clear that I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a PT. I'm not a registered dietitian. Going to a professional for your specific issue is definitely recommended. I'm simply offering my advice based on my knowledge and experience. The first question I'm going to answer is about recovery. This question was sent in from Drew. He asked about recovery from a higher volume weekend with some intensity. The best recovery tool out there costs zero dollars. It is sleep. Getting quality sleep is the best thing you can do to help with recovery. The second thing you can do to aid in recovery is make sure you're replenishing and taking in healthy foods, water, and electrolytes. Aim to take in half a gram of carbohydrates per pound of body mass, within 60 minutes of finishing your training session to help you with glycogen resynthesis. There are also plenty of recovery activities that can help as well, foam rolling, yoga, stretching, massage, not to name any of the many expensive recovery tools out there that you can purchase, but at the end of the day, rest is the most important one. Make sure you're balancing the stress of your training with proper rest stress plus rest equals growth. The next question was sent in by Greg. He asks, what is the key to staying injury free? I'll do my best to answer this one, but the truth is, if there was a solution to this problem, it would be a million, possibly billion dollar idea. Injuries are simply part of being an athlete. When we are seeking improvement, we have to apply a stressor to overload the system to elicit that adaptation. And when we stress the body, sometimes things break down. As with the first question, rest and sleep are huge. When we sleep, the body repairs and rebuilds the damage that has been done in training. But even when you are getting plenty of sleep, that doesn't mean you can't get injured. Mechanics, strength, stability, and mobility are all factors in in this. Having someone take a look at how your body moves to assess if there are any limitations or areas of weakness that need to be addressed is vital to make sure things are working as they should. Lastly, building up volume and intensity of training really slowly is very important when it comes to injury prevention. Over time, the musculoskeletal system gets stronger and more durable and it will withstand higher loads better so being patient and building up volume and intensity slowly is really key for long-term development and staying healthy chapin asks for advice on fueling for a marathon and what my fueling plan is for boston the thing with fueling is that it is so variable and personal therefore I, i really hesitate to give a singular fueling protocol as it is important to figure out what works best for you and then modify from there. As for my plan, I've typically fueled with goo gels, but since Boston will have Morton on the course, I'm going to be practicing with Morton in training this next month, and if my gut is okay with it, I'll use that on race day. As for the frequency, I'm going to aim for taking one gel every 35 to 40 minutes, But I'm going to tweak the plan based on how my stomach feels. I'm going to use this this strategy in my next few long runs and even on some of my shorter runs to just see how my body responds. The gut can be trained to tolerate and process more fuel and more calories. So it is really important to practice this in training to set a benchmark for where you're at and then see if you can increase your caloric intake. You want to be taking in at least 200 to 300 calories per hour. And if you work on it, you can take in more, which will help your performance as long as your stomach can handle it. So most important advice when fueling for a marathon distance event is to practice in training and then stick with what works for you on race day. Sabrina asks about what to do for tight hamstrings, and she says that she stretches a lot. This is a very common mistake that athletes make. We assume that tightness means we need to stretch, when in reality, stretching might be making things worse, not better. Particularly with athletes who run a lot, the posterior chain, the backside of the body, tends to be underdeveloped. If your hamstrings are tight, they may actually be getting over-lengthened while you're running due to an imbalance between your anterior chain muscles, such as the quads, and hip flexors, and the posterior chain muscles, which includes the hamstrings. Stretching then lengthens muscles, so if your hamstrings are over-lengthened, stretching is going to make it worse. Therefore, I would recommend not stretching your hamstrings as much, and rather working on strengthening your hamstrings with exercises such as single leg deadlifts. Stretch and roll out your quads and hip flexors, and strengthen your core and low back muscles. But most importantly, go speak with a PT. I'll link to the website of my friend and doctor of physical therapy, Lauren LaPierre, in the show notes. She does wellness evaluations for athletes all over the country and can give you more professional advice on these types of questions. Jordan asks about my recent half marathon PR and what I learned from this experience. This is a great question and I'm, I'm really glad Jordan asked this as... Everything is a learning experience and I really enjoy sharing the lessons that I learn with others. My big takeaway from this experience was that you have to trust the training. Focus on the intention of each session and only judge yourself based on your race results or time trials. It is very easy and all too common for athletes to judge their fitness and their progress on how their training runs are going. The truth is, Each session has a purpose, or at least it should. Your easy runs are building up the aerobic engine. Your quality workouts are targeting specific physiological adaptations such as improved pace at lactate threshold and efficient usage of energy sources to run more economically. Your recovery runs are intended to bring oxygenated blood to the recovery muscles to aid in the recovery process. But far too many athletes focus on their pace in every training session and end up missing the whole point of the session and they decrease how effective the session is while increasing the stress on the body. I averaged 545 per mile for the half marathon and I ran under 75 minutes and I don't say this to brag. I say this because I want to point out that I very very rarely touch that pace or faster in training. Even on my threshold runs when I'm aiming for roughly half marathon effort, I'm often in the 6 minute range because that is what feels comfortably hard on the day. When I do shorter intervals or strides, I am below 545, but that's it. Most of my training is in the easy effort range between 745 and 845 pace depending on how I feel on a given day. Since a lot of my threshold runs have felt good in that 6 minute range, My plan for the half marathon was to go out at roughly 6 minute pace and progress from there if I felt good. I ran the first few miles between 550 and 558 and I felt great so I started to progress a bit faster and finished holding a 535 pace the last few miles. So the lesson that I hope you will take from this is not to judge your training. Wait for the race day to really test where your fitness is at. And this is why I did this half marathon five weeks out from Boston. I wanted to see where my fitness is at so that I can use that data to plan for Boston instead of trying to make a race plan purely off of my training runs. When you're in the middle of training, the cumulative fatigue makes it harder to gauge where your fitness is at. With a good taper and the excitement and energy of race day, you'll always be able to perform better than you might have done on a certain long run in the middle of training. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks again to everyone who submitted questions. I plan to do this periodically as it's really fun for me to get to answer your questions, and hopefully you got some value out of this. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a 5-star rating and a review, and share this with others who you think would benefit from it. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode, and I look forward to bringing more information to help you become the best version of yourself.